so here it is. Let's go into the cosmos. joining us here on Into the Cosmos. It is October 19th, and the Cosmos are playing their final regular season home game of the year this Saturday, 7 p.m., of course, in Miami. And uh, I am E.J. Gard. Joining me, as always, is Franco DeLapa. Frank, man, what is happening? How are you doing today? Yeah, all good here, E.J. Yeah, man, life is cool. And uh, i got a nice little guest for everybody this week. Danny Zatella is going to be joining us here on the show. And you know, man, Franco, of course, it's Polish Heritage Night at uh, Short Stadium, Fan Appreciation Night at Short Stadium this week. There's a lot going on at Short. It's a great weekend to be out there this Saturday at 7 p.m. for the start. And big game against Miami this weekend. But, Franco, we got to reflect on Short Stadium a little bit, man. I, to think that this could possibly be the final regular season home game at Short Stadium for who knows if they're going to be coming back, not coming back this year, next year, or beyond all that, Franco. This is kind of tough because a lot of us have some pretty damn good memories of Short Stadium, Franco. Yeah, winning the championship there last year was pretty incredible. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that'll, you know, that's, that's one thing that does go down in history, whatever you want to say. That's, uh, you know, uh, that goes in the uh, Cosmos lore. Uh, but it does raise some major questions as to, you know, why, so difficult to get a stadium, a decent stadium to play in for the Cosmos, which yeah. is a pretty good brand and a really good team. I mean, it's the quality of the team. Uh, I think that that really should play a big part in sort of how some of these things are determined, like how you get a stadium. If you're putting out a quality team, which I think the Cosmos are doing and certainly trying to do it right, um, you know, that, I think that should go a long way. So I think their intentions are good. I think their long-term planning is good, um, you know, uh, I think they may be paying for in the past where that wasn't done so much with sports teams, but uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, if they come back to shore next year, um, you know, it's, it's been a good home for them. Well, what about the prospects of next year, Franco? That's something I think everybody here is wondering about. And, and Frank and I are not privy to any kind of inside information here just because we host a team podcast. I mean, I, I would love to have Dee and Eric and all these people come to us saying, listen, we, this is what you need to put out on the show and tell everybody what they need to know. And, and, and we're kind of as in the dark as everybody else is a little bit here. And that makes it tough, Franco. You know, we, we are talking about this stadium stuff and moving on into the future, well, not, not only for the Cosmos, but North American Soccer League as a whole too, Franco. We had this discussion with Peter a little bit uh, last time we were on and, you know, there's so much concern going on about, about the future of, of not only this organization, Franco, Cosmos, North American Soccer League. Where do we go from here? You know, so much chatter, Frank. I wish some of it would finally get nailed down. I think everybody out there is kind of wondering what the, what's going to happen here and in the USL, the PBL, all the other leagues around here. Frank, how, how is how is next year even going to go happen? I, I wish we all knew more about how next year is going to just is it going to be a new process. Is there going to be a, a whole new league with a whole new formation? Frank, we, we need these answers. I, I think we're all hoping they come soon. Yeah, Peter Will was pretty uh, bullish and optimistic about what's going to happen with the NASL. And, uh, but, it, but it is a bit of a transition time where we really don't have the answers as to what's going to happen. And, uh, but I think the optimistic viewpoint is that um, if, if, the, if the league can 
come through this little crisis situation that they're in right now with uh, some teams wanting to uh, pull out and other teams not having success and some stadium questions, uh, the league should come back a lot stronger. So uh, I think it'll be around next year for sure. The Cosmos should be okay. But there's still a lot of questions as to how that's all going to come about. And then I think two years from now, the league should be really strong with, uh, you know, I think it should come back with more teams, uh, more solid ownership. Uh, There are some uh, questions about some of the ownership now. So uh, I don't think uh, the league can survive with those kind of things going on. So I think the people that uh, this thing go are going to, you know, attract investors uh, so that even the worst-case scenario, the worst teams are, are, are have strong foundations and strong investment and uh, really forward-looking planning. So we'll see. But it's a transition time. So, you know, this affects uh, how, how the teams play. But I think it's, it's such a competitive league, and we're seeing that now with six teams in, in, in contention for that final playoff spot. But I think the competitive level is, is still high, and I think that's going to help carry this league through. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we can only hope that's the case, Franco. And, uh, yeah, you're talking about the table here and those six teams vying for that last position. Obviously, Minnesota's in position right now due to gold differential. I, I think they're plus six, if I remember right, and that's going to help them get, uh, you know, if, if they can go on. But that, that, that causes another problem here, Franco, because the Cosmos are going to be facing Minnesota on the final weekend of the season. And obviously, the Cosmos being the first seed, they're going to play that fourth team in the first round of the playoffs. So the Cosmos could actually be playing Minnesota on the final regular season game of the year in their barn, and then Minnesota might be coming to New York to play the Cosmos in round one of the playoffs in their first semifinal. That could be interesting, Frank. Obviously, if the Cosmos have to play Minnesota on back-to-back weekends, Minnesota's going to obviously need that result at home to, you know, to clinch that spot, and, and they're going to have to do it to get past the Cosmos to do it. So this is going to get interesting, Frank, with the Cosmos playing Minnesota that last game of the year. Of course, tonight's game is big as well. And I uh, saw so on the North American Soccer League page, they have uh, Tampa Bay's charge to the championship. What? What, what, what? what are you talking about, man? Tampa Bay hasn't won a game in their last four, and they're certainly not charging to any championship. I don't know where that article came from, but uh, <laughs> it is a big game for Tampa tonight, obviously, hosting Indy. And uh, you know, Indy's not going to walk in there and just say, oh, well, we know what you're going for. We'll just lay down for you. Yeah, we haven't seen Indy lay down for anybody this year, Franco. So that's Tampa Bay Indy match tonight really ends up being huge. Uh, this is whoever comes away with three points here. <laughs> if Tampa doesn't take these three points, that uh, charge for the championship that they're calling it is over, man. I mean, <laughs> Frank, it's over. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not real optimistic about Tampa, to tell you the truth. I, I think Indy's showing <laughs> they're very consistent, solid defensively, so I think that's what you need to be. Tampa hasn't been consistent enough, I think, for me to be a real contender. But it does yeah. – uh, it does highlight just how competitive this league is. I think everybody is playing for something like all the time, and I think you have to do it. And I think you really saw the lesson last year when uh, Ottawa um, almost kind of like gave it away at the end there, trying to like save up for the, the final. And, uh, you know, we talked about this many times, and I thought that was a big mistake on their part. You can't do that in probably in any sport at any time, but you certainly can't do it in the NASL. So I think uh, – it's it's really hard to plan out how this is going to finish up. And the Cosmos, like you say, it could be playing Minnesota like twice in a row mm-hmm. there. And one game not meaning that much to the Cosmos and the next game meaning everything. It's yeah. really hard to make that adjustment. But I think they just have, you just have to play it out 
and go for it as best you can, and, and you go for it 100% and 110%. And, uh, you know, I think that's what's got to be done. I don't think there's any other way to do it because, as we, as we were talking about, Ottawa last year showed that if you try to, like, play around a little bit, you can pay for it big time. Yeah. Yeah, we've certainly covered that well around here, man. Big mistake. If there's something left to play for, uh, play for it. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we, we can only laugh about that so much more, Franco. We've been laughing at them for about a year now. <laughs> they gave us that championship, and the Cosmos certainly enjoyed having home field for that championship game, man. That was great. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about some of the Saturday games, too, though, Franco. Fort Lauderdale and Rio. Uh, Frank, you know, we talked about Rio, and we didn't know if they were going to be able to hold up. Uh, eight matches later, this team hasn't lost a game, Frank. Three-game win streak, eight-match streak without a loss. Rio is the team who I think people might want to look out for. And they have Fort Lauderdale and Indy left. Now, those are two tough games to actually get their way back. If Rio finishes on a 10-game on a streak without, without losing the, their last 10 games, Franco, they're, they're going to find their way into this playoff. I think they're the team that are surprising everybody. I, you know, we almost wrote them off, Franco. You, you and I maybe a month and a half ago said, I don't think Rio is going to have enough to put. Now, all of a sudden, eight games later, they're finding points in every game, Franco. They, they might be the most dangerous team in this hunt. Yeah, I think when they put that Rio team together, uh, they they uh, really tried to get some guys with real solid experience. I think there's five guys mm-hmm. with uh, World Cup experience, uh, some really good national team experience. So those guys are veterans. They've been through a lot. Uh, they're not obviously the huge marquee players in the world, but uh, yeah. they've been on national teams at a high level, and they've also played in situations where uh, you have to be resourceful and and they've, they've been really resourceful. Things haven't gone really well for them. Questions about uh, administration there and ownership. But, you know, those guys just play through it. And Michel played for Dallas in the MLS, was a really good player there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about him before. I mean, a, a guy that left for his, you know, wins games for them. Mm-hmm. He just wins games. I think he's probably lost a step, and he was never the fastest guy, which is the only reason he's yeah. probably not playing for a big team now. But but he still can uh, produce. <laughs> He's been producing. So uh, that's a guy that uh, that left foot would fit in pretty well on the Cosmos. Oh man, really? Oh, I'd, I'd love to have that left foot over here, man. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That'd be great. Man. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. But obviously, uh, Franco, the big match with Miami. This is a big match for Miami this weekend as well. Obviously, you know, we're going to talk to Danny Zatella about trying to prepare for Miami this weekend. Yet. They're, you know, the Cosmos have nothing to really prepare for except the playoff run. Uh, you know, trying to stay healthy is really the big goal here. You know, they're trying to get in Miami's way, obviously, with Farfan and Hunter and LaHood all over there. They're going to come back into New York and say, hi, have you remember us? And, yeah, we remember you. Uh, you know, we hope you're enjoying Miami and your tan looks beautiful. Great, great stuff, guys. We don't care what you're playing for. Uh, no, nobody on this Cosmos organization feels for Hunter Freeman or Michael LaHood or Gabe Farfan. You, you guys just you, – you left us. We don't care anymore. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, let's, let's just put it out there, Franco. I, I, we certainly miss Tony Freeman. I, no doubt about it. I mean, that's, he's been here. That was, I think that was a shocker of all of them. And just the, the way it went down as well. I, you know, obviously he wants to come back to New York and make an impression and, and say, hey, remember me? And we, we, we remember you, Hunter. We're never going to forget you. But, uh, man, it's, it's going to be tough to have those three coming here on their final home game because they have a lot to play for, Frank, and, and we don't. So that, that kind of gives it a little bit of a that different dynamic in this game. What, what Miami's going to come in here dying for points. They need these points really bad, Frank. So this is – it's tough when you have a match like this when the team's not really playing for anything clinched and 
just waiting to move on, and, and, and Miami's coming in here with desperate for a result, right? Yeah, it's obviously why they got those guys uh, from the Cosmos. They knew that they could get yeah. them into the playoffs and get them, get them into the postseason, which they've done with the Cosmos, and they've proven in the past, you know, in their careers, they could do that. And so uh, yeah. it's worked for Miami. The Cosmos incredibly, really, I mean, you lose three guys like that, Farfan, Hunter Free, Mahoud, and still the Cosmos didn't miss a beat, really. So I think that's a credit to the depth on the team, but uh, yeah, they're going to come in. Uh, I think the Cosmos can play even, uh, they can play these games though, because I think it's such a technical team. The Cosmos like to play a good technical game. I think you can do that uh, and, and, and get through these games. Of course, you're going to have to match them in the battle, in the physical battle as well. But mm. if that's not, the, if you're not relying on that, I think you can play these last two games with not a whole lot to play for and just play your game and really maybe do really well because uh, the Cosmos will just play their game, which is a, a good, skillful game. And I, I think the other teams are going to have trouble with them because it, uh, the Cosmos won't be desperate, but they'll have a lot of freedom to play. And uh, I'll tell you, they, they can produce stuff. And if you've got Juan Arango, the reason I brought up Michelle a little bit, because those left-footed guys that can put away set pieces, which is what Juan Arango has been doing for the Cosmos, uh, you, you know, I mean, that makes a difference in these games. It makes it a lot easier. Uh, you can come back from a 2-1 uh, deficit, as the Cosmos did, and, like, no problem, it looked like. I mean, those two free kicks by Juan Arango were, like, such world-class yeah. kicks that, you know, <laughs> I mean, that, I know. that makes everything easy. Yeah, pretty tough. Pretty, pretty easy to make the NASL best 11 of the week when you're doing stuff like that. Of course, Arasco and Arango both made that list. And, yeah, Franco, he, he's pretty good. I, I, it's amazing how you quietly – he broke the all-time Cosmos record for goal scoring this year, man. Uh, 14 goals. Obviously, Senna had 13, and he had the record. And uh, he did it pretty quietly, Frank. I, I, I mean, we, I think we didn't even really notice what he was doing along the way here. Like, all of a sudden, he has the Cosmos scoring record, Frank. That's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, I know. That's a good point. I think, you know, guys like that, they make it look easy. I think last year, Leo Fernandez led the team in scoring with eight goals. You know, so this year you've got a guy that can really, really put put away some goals. I mean, obviously Raul could put away goals, but I think he was obviously playing more of a playmaker, uh, withdrawn striker role. So, you know, Juan Arango's, uh, but his these free kicks and these set pieces, uh, I tell you, that changes the whole dynamic of the game too. Now, other teams have to really be careful. They want to come out and try to like make a physical statement uh, against the Cosmos. You got to be careful about who you're fouling and when and when and where, because one Rango will make you pay. Uh, and you know, and, and he's also, you know, when you get in that groove, which he's in now, you absolutely can't foul anybody on the Cosmos in, in that attacking zone. Uh, you just can't do it. You, you've got to give them a little bit of space, and that opens up, you know, uh, room for everybody to play. So uh, yeah, it's, it's really good to watch the Cosmos right now. If you're a neutral observer, I think you really got to like watching these guys. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. Of course, uh, Polish Heritage Night this weekend, Franco, and uh, Fan Appreciation Night as well. You can uh, buy some Cosmo stuff at the gift shop, gift shop and get some pretty good prices on some stuff this weekend. But uh, Polish Heritage Night, at, uh, you know, Danny Zatella, of course, is full Polish. I mean, his, both his parents are Polish. His, uh, his mother had a great interview. Great interview. You guys, uh, hopefully it's going to be translated. Um, I saw it on Danny's Twitter feed, and uh, yeah, it's it's PapaTomsky.com if you really want to go see it. 
and you understand Polish, you can go see the interview. They're going to translate that into English. And, uh, you know, I obviously have my own story. I'm, I'm, I'm a quarter Polish as well. And I, I don't want to make this anything about me, but my, uh, my grandmother was from uh, Koslin. And uh, for anybody who knows what happened in 1939 in Koslin, Germany pretty much walked in there and said, thank you, we're taking over your city. And, uh, I, but, you know, I, I, I can tell you what my grandmother had to go through to actually survive all that. And uh, I don't really feel like getting choked up and emotional about it all, but uh, I wouldn't even be here right now if it wasn't for what my grandmother had to go through to survive all that. And, uh, you know, obviously Danny's parents had to go through some of that as well. Danny's, Danny's parents' his parents have uh, stories. He, you know, he, just, he lost his father when he was young, kind of like, uh, you know, I, I don't have either one of my grandparents are alive on either, one, either side of my family. So, you know, I, my, my, I lost my Polish grandmother when I was about seven years old, so I really didn't get to get too much of the stories. But obviously, my aunt, uncle, and all filled me in about what she went through to get out of Europe and to get here. And it, it's it's an amazing story. I think everybody who has, you know, when you're obviously, you know, Frank and I, you know, I'm 47, you, you know, you're, you're up here too. You know, we, we, we all have stories of, of World War II stuff in our lives, and, and it's it's a big thing, man. I, it's, you, know, you really don't really realize what, what some of us have gone through to even be here, Frank. It's cool to talk to Danny about what his parents have gone through to get here, stay here. Obviously, they got to Clifton, New Jersey years ago and, and survived, and, and, and Danny's done pretty well for himself ever since. And his parents are obviously doing well for themselves as well. It's great stuff, man. I mean, there's so much that went on in Europe in the late 30s and early 40s, Franco, you know about as well as I do, and it's... Uh, it's amazing to hear some of the stories that people did to survive and get through all that time, right? Yeah, we didn't even talk about Danny uh, getting a chance to play for Poland, Poland uh, in, in, uh, back in 07 in the U-20 um, World Cup, FIFA World Cup in Canada. And uh, they yeah, talked about him big play for Poland, remember, and, uh, and the coach basically rejected him just out of hand, which, you know, showed a lot of pride in their own team, but I don't think they, he understood where Danny was coming from because Danny has a lot of Pride in where he's come in in his uh, you know in his parents' uh, land and the heritage and that sort of thing too. He was going to play for the U.S. anyway, but uh, put him some bullets and board material to work with there. And yeah, Danny scored that goal against him, and the U.S. I think won that game six to one. And uh, yeah, Danny showed his his class. I thought Danny Sotelli coming up in those days was a top level player and. Uh, a lot of those guys in the yeah. U-20 team, from Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, all those guys went on and they've done really well. And Danny uh, hit hit that injury, hit that injury skid, but he's he's back now, and you know he's he's got a few years left. He, he'll have a nice career when you look back on it. Yeah, it's amazing to think how long he was actually out, Frank. I mean, he basically missed three years. I mean, three years. And, and it really, you know, and all we really thought it was going to be was a torn meniscus. Let's just get Danny; he'll be, he'll be fine. And it turned into a two and a half year ordeal. And, uh, you know, obviously we, we, we talked about Siba going down and, uh, you know, we're hoping that the Cosmos helps Siba get through what he's going through with that torn ACL. I couldn't believe that, Franco, just before halftime, that Ottawa game. And it really just looked like a lunging tackle, like I, well, ACL injury. I, you know, obviously when we saw it and he went down, it was concerned. But, wow, I didn't think it was that extreme of an injury. He was just trying to make a tackle, and it just looked like he kind of came down weird and – Next thing you know, we lost Siba for the year. That, that That's tough, man, because Siba has been busting his ass, and obviously he hasn't been rewarded for all the hard work he's put in. He's struggled finding the back of the net, but yet he's been there and, and done everything that he can to really put forth a great effort this year and to lose him down the stretch. He's got to be – you know, we're going to talk to Danny about the mental side of it because, uh, you know, the, the mental side of injuries is, is, is almost as delicate as the actual healing process for your body, Frank, and, and, and Danny even confirmed 
you know, it, it's the mental side that, that's the tougher side. Yeah, Sabre Gonzati has been playing really well for the Cosmos, too, so that's a big loss. Uh, like you say, probably not a whole lot of stats to back it up, but, man, he's, he's really been, been good. I think the Cosmos, uh, this is a real period of adversity, in my opinion. They've lost a lot of really important players. And last year, you talk about just going into this season, they had to make up for losing Raul and Marcos Senna, uh, plus their leading scorer, who's Leo Fernandez, plus the MVP Walter. of the soccer bowl, Chelerino. I mean, Walter. right? Yeah, and then, and then the, the three guys that yeah, go to Miami, I mean, that's almost the whole team they lost. And then Seba Gonsaki goes down now. Uh, these are all, you know, it all piles up. So for the Cosmos to be in contention and actually be favored to win this thing for one of the yeah. favorites is, is, is really remarkable. So, and, and they've got a good team to do it. I mean, I, I think they've got the team that they could do it. But, you know, you, you want to have things going in your favor, and it's, it's a tough call when guys start going down like that. Uh, you got to really overcome that. And like you say, not only he's got to go overcome the mental part of coming back, but the team has to too because – they see guys go down, and also they're they're losing guys. You know, you got to get out there and play anyway, and not think that hey, things are working against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Plus, uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the fact that the Cosmos haven't lost but once in their last thirty-nine games at Short Stadium, Franco, and obviously, <laughs> you know, I, we we we've talked about it before. I, I don't like making much about this you know, when it comes to me and all that. But uh, the Cosmos are 16-0 and at Short Stadium when I've been in that building. And I'm going to be there this weekend, and you know I'm going to be at those playoff games, Franco. Uh, if the Cosmos can take home another championship year, uh, uh, that would be <laughs> – yeah, that would be great, man. But, uh, you know, for me personally, I, this place, man, Franco, I, you know as well as I do, I, the Cosmos are 16-0 and at Short Stadium when I go to their games. And, and, and I love that, man. You know, I, I try not to make this about me. I, this isn't really about me, but at the same token, Franco, <laughs> for some reason, this team just shows up, and, and I love that kind of stuff, man. I'm, I'm going to be at this final home game. Obviously, I'm going to be at those playoffs. I know you're coming. Looks like you're coming to the November 4th playoff game from what I, or the November 5th playoff game from what I understand, Franco. Are you going to come down? Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I think, you know, EJ should get a little bit of credit, uh, obviously. And, uh, but, yeah, ah, come I, on. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, Sure. I mean, I, I, I mean, you got to be there for these these games. I mean, remember, I mean, there's like, there's only like they could have four games left, and that's it. And then, uh, then there won't be any more games for a while, guys. So, yeah, these are important uh-huh. games to come to. Uh, I mean, I'd like to go to all of them if I could. I would, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be be good to watch these these last games. I mean, because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, last year they won it, uh, but a lot of circumstances had to come together for that to happen. And, uh, you know, they, they got to get the Cosmos will need a few breaks to win the whole thing yeah. now, too. I think they're good at making their own breaks. And, uh, but yeah, it's going to be a good, interesting uh, last few games here to watch. And, uh, yeah, I think we're all still dying to find out what happens next year and where this team's going to land. But, uh, yeah, Danny Zatella came on uh, about an hour ago and hung out with me and Franco. And uh, we're going to get that interview to you now. So, Frank and I will be right back and uh, check out our interview with Danny. It's pretty cool stuff. And uh, here we go. All right. Well, we are approaching the final regular season home game at Stewart Stadium this weekend. And as we told you on the air earlier, it is fan appreciation night as well as Polish Heritage Night on Saturday. And it's only fitting 
that our guest this week is Danny Zatella, number 14 from the New York Cosmos. Danny, what's happening, man? Thanks for joining us today. How you doing, man? What's up, man? I'm doing great, man. Nice. Nice. Thanks for joining us, man. Obviously, the last home game is short, and, man, it's, just, it's, it's kind of tough. I, I, everybody out there is kind of wondering what's going to happen with the future here. And, uh, you know, reflect, reflect on Sheward Stadium a little, man, because you have a ton of memories here. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's, you know, it's been great. Obviously, you know, just a little trouble with the, the schedule sometimes. But besides that, you know, it's been great. You know, we've been playing well there for, you know, four years now. And it's exciting to, you know, be able to go back out there on, on Saturday and, and play another game and then the playoffs. Yeah, man. You got a favorite moment? You have just a moment that stands out, whether it's a U.S. Copen Cup match or any, Is there a moment at Stewart that you just will never let go of, Danny? I think there's a few moments, you know. Well, obviously, when we played the Red Bulls and NYCFC there and, and also winning the, the soccer ball uh, there, you know, it's, it's whenever you can play in front of your fans and win a championship, you know, uh, it's always a great feeling. So, you know, hopefully we can do that again this year. Yeah, man, no doubt. And, uh, you know, Dave, we haven't gotten a chance to talk to you since the Emirates Challenge with Real Madrid, man. How cool is that? I mean, to hang out with those guys and, and to take part in that cool kind of – Golf, soccer thing that that was cool, man. How cool was that for you to experience that? Uh, it was awesome, you know. Uh, you know, I'm a Barca fan, but you know, I have a lot of respect for Real Madrid. You know, one of the biggest clubs <laughs> in the world. You know, the year before I did a thing with Emirates and and PSG, and this year it was with Real Madrid. So it's you know, whenever you can get to go out and, and meet some of the best players in the world, and you know, and interact and have some fun, it's always a a good moment. Yeah, very cool, man. And uh. You know, Danny, I got I to gotta bring up Seba. I got to bring up Seba, man. Obviously, you've been through this for 20, 2010 through 2012 was really tough for you. And and you know, you, you're going to know what he's going through here. And obviously, this is this is all mental, too, part of that. Like, are, are you guys helping him get through this? Because obviously, this is going to be a tough, long stretch for Seba. And, and you've experienced it, man. Are you going to, like, you know, can you help him get through this? Have you been, like, talking to him and helping him with this? Yeah, I've been talking to him a little bit, you know, trying to keep him positive. Uh, Obviously, the first few weeks are the toughest, you know, but once you, yeah, uh, you know, get to the first few weeks, get that surgery done, and, and you get into rehab and start working hard, you know, it gets easier. You know, you're working towards something, and, and uh, you know, you're going to get back, you know. But always, you know, it's always difficult to, to have an injury, especially something like Seba with his ACL. And, but, uh, you know, he's a guy that works hard, and, and, you know, he takes the advice very well, you know, from, from the older guys. So I know he's going to do great, and he's going to come back stronger and, and be ready for next season. And, and and like I said, Danny, the mental side of it's also like the big trick here because you, you know you get depressed, you get down, you want to be out there, you're rehabbing and rehabbing and rehabbing, Danny. It just seems like it goes on for so long. It, the mental part of getting over injuries is is just as tough as the physical part, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think the mental part is actually tougher than than the actual physical part. Uh, you know, for me, you know, for Seba, this is I think his first like major major injury where he's going to have a major surgery, but. Uh, you know, for me, I've had, had a couple of surgeries, you know, maybe too many. I think it was like five knee yeah. surgeries total. So well, the yeah. mental part is, is the toughest part because when you're doing your rehab, you know, you're working hard at rehab, but then, you know, you can't be out there with your teammates uh, working, trying to help them win and get them, help them get better. But, uh, you know, that's that's the toughest part. But as long as you got the right people around you, you know, Sebastian's so family's great, you got his wife and, and everything, so... You know, I think he'll be fine. You know, the team supports him 100%. And uh, I think he'll be 
he'll be great, uh, you know, as mental, mentally, and I think that he'll come back stronger, you know, mentally and physically. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up for everybody because, you know, like I said, you've been through it. So, you know, it's, 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 it's tough, to, tough to go through. And, uh, but, Danny, man, Polish Heritage Night, obviously both your parents are Polish. And I saw your post about your mom being interviewed at uh, Papa Tom's team. How was your mom for that? Was she, like, excited or was she, like, nervous? How cool was that to have your mom interviewed, man? Uh, I think she was all right, especially because it was in Polish, you know. She... She she's done a couple of interviews in in her lifetime, you know, with, about my career and everything. So she's probably better at it than I am, you know. So she's always she's always been good. She enjoyed it, you know, and uh, you know she's really looking forward to to Saturday night. She she's gonna be there, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah, she's gonna be there. My whole family's gonna be there. So it's gonna be a lot of should be a good uh, showing of of Polish, uh, you know, support for the game on Saturday. Nice. Nice man. Uh, I am also Polish. My my grandmother was born in Kozlin, so I will be celebrating with you, Danny. That's uh, that's, that's very cool that uh, the Cosmos do stuff like this. Uh, man, I'm sure you have. I'm sure your grandparents have a crazy story about uh, you know getting out you know from 1939 and all the stuff that's gone out in Poland for the World War II. That that was a devastating time to be in Poland, man. I bet you. I bet your parents have a ton of stories about their parents getting out of Poland and. The ordeal that was that went on in the late thirties and early forties. Now I'm sure you've heard some pretty some pretty tough stories. Yeah, I definitely heard some some tough stories, especially from uh, my dad's side. You know, my my grandpa from uh, my dad's father. You know, during World War Two, where you know him and uh, a couple of his friends actually had to uh, you know dress up as, as German soldiers to to survive and go around and maybe do things that they didn't want to do, but in order to survive, you know they. They had to, you know, dress up as German soldiers and, and do things that, that helped them survive, you know. I, I don't know the whole story. You know, my father passed away when I was 15. I'm sure uh, if he was alive, he would have told me some more. But, uh, you know, every day I learned something different, you know, about the, my, my heritage and, and my my family, you know, back in the day during the World War II and, and so on. So, you know, it's uh, it's exciting yeah. to, to find out these things and what, you know, family had to go through in order to, to survive and, and get through World War II. Yeah, that's the part of it, man. I mean, you know, you, you, you and I both, I might not even be here for what, what, what they went through to get us here. You know what I mean? It's amazing when you really think back about how they survived to bring us into this world, man. I think that stuff like that, those kind of stories just make, you know, man, I, I love it, Danny. <laughs> All right, Franco, go ahead, man. I, I don't, I don't want to take up the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 
feel good about that, you know. Uh, you know, it was an exciting time. But, uh, you know, I got hopefully, you know, I'm hoping another six, seven years to play as long as I stay healthy. You know, I've been been pretty healthy, always a little something here and there, which is which is normal, you know. Uh, seasons seasons get long, and, uh, you know, playing on turf sometimes can, can take a toll on your body. But, you know, we got about a month mm-hmm. left. Hopefully we get to the, the, the soccer ball final and, you know, continue to take care of my body during the off season and then look forward to the following season, you know, and it's exciting to, you know, see Bob, you know, being, being at Swansea and, you know, as an American coach, and I think he'll do very well there, and you can see Swansea, you know, get to the top of the table. Uh, Danny, I want to ask you about Miami this weekend, obviously. Uh, you know, obviously they're, they're in desperation mode. They're chasing that fourth spot on the table, and you guys are basically just, you know, getting through this, trying to stay healthy and make sure you make it to the playoffs. That change that changes the dynamic of this game because you know they're they're really playing for something, and you guys are just kind of making sure you get safe here. How, how tough is it to approach a game knowing that you know you don't need the results so much as you just want to stay in form? How tough is it to kind of plan for this weekend? I think you know at the end of the day we we still want to win. Uh, you know Miami is a yeah. team that that always wants to beat us. We, we played them. We beat them. I think it's I think it's two times. You know. Uh, up in Miami, and, uh, you know, we want to win. We want to continue to have that momentum, keep playing well, and and going into the, the playoffs, you know. Uh, we play Miami this weekend. The following weekend, we play Minnesota. You know, they're fighting for a spot, too. So it's going to be two tough games. But, you know, I think Gio still uh, wants to, to win, you know. Not only Gio, but the guys want to win, you know. Uh, I think it's important to just have that momentum. You know, sometimes if, if you go out there and, and uh, you just go out there to, to play and, and you lose the game, you can – lose some of that confidence that the that the team has, you know. So it's important for us to continue to, to play well, go out there, and, and try to get the three points. Yeah, man. You can just admit it, Danny. You, you just want November 5th to get here, and, and yeah, you man. damn well know it, man. <laughs> right, man? Yeah, definitely, you know. I'm, I'm excited. I wish we can fast forward time already. I know, right? <laughs> no doubt. Uh, really, Danny, I want to leave you with, uh, you know, Raul last year, obviously, you know, and, and you see Arango come in and break center's scoring record for the Cosmos this year. One of, one of the, even though they're completely different players, it's amazing how bringing in these two guys has, has changed everything. It's just it's a different dynamic than last year. But still, Juan Arango is incredible, Danny. I, I, working with him and playing with him has had to elevate your game as well, no? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Juan's, Juan's been great all year, you know. Uh, he's a guy that can sit in the middle, you give him the ball, he he rarely, rarely loses it, you know. So, you know, you always have confidence that if you're in trouble, you can get him the ball, you know, get into space, and he'll get the ball back to you, you know. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's been scoring goals. His three kicks have been fantastic, and, uh, you know, it's great to have him, you know. So, hopefully, he continues to do well, which, you know, I think he will. He's, he's been looking great. He's feeling good. So, I'm excited to, you know, keep uh, – keep playing well, uh, you know, if we get on the field with him and, and finish this season and uh, finish good in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, man. How much would it mean to you to have a third championship in four years, Danny? Tell me that wouldn't mean a ton to you. Oh, it would mean so much, you know. Uh, I've been here from the beginning and, you know, I love, I love being here. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the one year we, we lost to San Antonio in the semis, but, uh, you know, I think I think we have a good opportunity, good chance. You know, especially that we're we're going to be at home again um, on November fifth, and I think that we can do it. You know, the team's been looking really good, and every game I feel like that we we do better and better. And guys have been working hard on and off the field, so we're really excited about the, the opportunity to have the opportunity to win another soccer ball. Yeah, man, go get it, Danny. 
That's all we ask around here, man. You know, <laughs> Danny, we can't thank you enough for taking the time this week to come on the show, man. I know you've been busy last week with this week, and you're crazy, man. It's, uh, I know you got a lot going on, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But, uh, Danny, thanks so much for hanging out this week. Good luck the rest of the year, man. Take on that championship. Stay healthy, man. And hope we'll have you on again next year, man. You know, good luck the rest of the way, my friend. Thank you, man. Anytime, guys. Yeah, Danny. We'll talk to you soon, man. Very cool. That's very cool stuff, Franco. Uh, yeah, like you said, Dan, uh, Danny has been through so much. Uh, to get back to where he is now, obviously it took him, uh, uh, Franco, it took him almost three years to get where he is today. And, and and he's been incredible. Obviously, like we mentioned, he's going for his third championship in four years. So the comeback is complete for Danny. And obviously we all feel bad for Seba and what he's going to have to go through now to get back on the field next year, hopefully. And Man, I, you know, I, I really hope that Danny and the boys and all of them are really there for Seba. I know he has a good little system around him, but how important they are, Franco. That's going to be really big for Seba to get through this. I, I thought that was important to bring it up because, like I said, Danny's been through this, and he knows exactly what Seba's going through, Franco. Yeah, I don't think Danny had quite the – he wasn't in quite the same situation either. He really no, – I think no, he no. did a lot on his own. You know, he had to uh, come back and then find a team, and, you know, I mean – He's uh, he did. It, I think uh, there's better support system now for everybody, Saba and everybody else with the Cosmos and that sort of thing, which is really cool. Yeah, I think you got I think it's good. It's important to have a team like the Cosmos. But I think Danny, I, I just uh, and where he plays on the field too. I think it's really hard to come back in that position because uh, he's right in the middle of the field. Uh, the Cosmos really count on him. Look, uh, I, I don't think Miami would even be in contention if they didn't, you know, get these guys from the Cosmos, which includes Michael LaHood, who, who plays right in that center position where Danny plays. Uh, now you've got uh, Hunter Freeman there, too, and Farfan. So, uh, you know, Danny's he's the guy that he's there, you know, uh, with Adam Moffat. They, they hold that midfield together, I think, you know. Um, don't get a lot of credit, a lot of glory in that position very often, but um, – He's shown he can do it, and uh, he was he was really a big prospect coming out. Played in Europe, played in uh, in Italy, played in Spain, and uh, you know you, you you lose uh, with a major injury like he had, and like Sabres got. It's it's tough to come back, but he's proven he can do it. And I think he's got a few more years left, uh, and that's what he's talking about now. And like you pointed out, EJ, part of part of it's the attitude, man. He's mentally very strong, you know, and that that, that counts for a lot. Very strong. Danny Zatella's not going to retire until he's 62 years old, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Franco. I, yeah, just like you said, he is an animal, and his, he is fierce, man. I, it's going to be pretty tough for Danny Zatella to ever walk away from this game. I, I, I honestly, man, he loves this game, and this game loves him back. I, I, think, it's, I, think, I think he's doing tremendous. He's been tremendous this year. Obviously, he missed some time early in the year again this year, but uh, you know, I, I, he, he's contributed some big goals along the way coming in late off the bench and, and producing. And, uh, you know, Danny Zatella is going to be a big part of this organization for years to come out of Nashville. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we won't lose him to Miami next year, too. <laughs> hey, Miami, stop playing with – stop messing with our players, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Franco, we got some other stuff to discuss here. We go. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the 50th win for Coach Dio, Franco. That's uh, pretty nice for Coach Dio to pick up his 50th win. And he's uh, joined Colin Clark and Manuel Lagos. All three of them have come away with 50 wins so far in their little modern-day careers. and It's amazing. It's actually pretty quick, Franco. Uh, you know, the 100th appearance for Ioze, too. He joined Carlos Mendoz, uh, Carlos Mendez, of course. And, uh, man, it's cool to see Ioze with the 100th uh, big 100 plaque and Coach Gio hanging out with him, too. And It's amazing to think. 100, 100 appearances, Franco. We've got two guys. I know Danny Zatello is going to be chasing that down maybe next year. 
Um, man, it's amazing, Franco. I said congratulations, obviously, go out to Coach Steele for the 50th win in Iose for his 100th appearance, huh? Yeah, I think, you know, Giovanni Salvarese, you know, I've known him since he was a player back in, in the day, and uh, I always <laughs> liked him as a player. And, you know, he made the transition. He, he went on TV, and I thought he was a really good analyst on TV, too. And I think he probably, you know, took some of that and, uh, you know, took it to the coaching, too, because you get to see a lot of games when you're doing all those uh, uh, games, an- analyzing all those games uh, in Europe mm-hmm. and all over the place where, which, which he was doing for a few years there. And I thought he was really good doing that, too. And it's not easy uh, to be good in that, you know, but he was good. So I think he's now as a coach, I think he's proven himself. Uh, get to that. Oh, yeah. He wins that quickly. You know, I mean, every one of those has been, as we're talking about NSL, it's really competitive. There's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, a margin of error in there. And, you know, you've got, you're losing your best players and you got to remake the team real quickly. And, I think he's done a really good job of that. So, yeah, good, good to him. Iose, I think, is a guy that I like to see him. I, I think that the Cosmos basically need to have him on the field all the time. Uh, but okay. then he went out, and he also came in there and did well at that position. So um, I was probably a little bit wrong. I think you want to have Iose out there for the whole season, though, and then fill in once in a while. But uh, um, we can get into the left-footed deal, too, because that guy is just that left foot of his and, Arango, I think, uh, who else is Dios left-footed? Uh, I think uh, Orozco, I, I'm not sure he's left-footed, but that last goal he scored was left-footed. So um, I, I just think that those guys have that skill level and that special thing that, you know, Ruben Bobert, those left-footed guys give give the, the Cosmos a real edge. Um, those guys are tough to defend. And Iose, um he might have the best left foot of them all, you know, and they're all, they all got great left, left feet. And certainly uh, Arango, as far as putting balls away, but he always just a clinic watching him. It's a pleasure to watch him play. Uh, I'd mm-hmm. like to say, I think he'd play another 100, 200 more games because he makes it look easy out there. He really does. And, uh, yeah, his composure is phenomenal, man. And yeah, having him on the field is certainly a must. I, it's just, yeah, he's phenomenal, man. <laughs> Definitely love him. And uh, you, know, you can vote right now over at uh, NASL.com for the coach of the year, the young player of the year, and the golden ball of the year. And uh, Juan Arango and Ioze are both up for the golden ball of the year award, Frank. It's cool to see Ioze's name uh, even up for that award at all. I mean, Ioze's name is in for the golden ball of the year award. That that, that says a lot for his play, Franco. That says a lot. I mean, in the sense that, I thought it was only us that were appreciating what he does, you know. It says, um, it's a real commentary on maybe where the game is in this country now that other people actually appreciate, to really appreciate what a guy like that does because there's no stats and no stat that can really describe or measure, you know, his effectiveness. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy he's there. Even if he doesn't get it, which I don't think he will, but, I mean, just to be considered, he should be. You know, I mean, the, the amount of plays that he makes, the things that he does in the game are, are uh, yeah, they're essential to the game. And, yeah, he's, he's just an essential player. So <laughs> I'm pleasantly surprised to see him in that top ten. Yeah, not at all surprised myself. Obviously, neither one of us are surprised because we, we watch him enough to know what he presents on that field, man. I mean, going down that left wing and, and obviously set pieces as well. He takes those corners for the in-swingers and, yeah, you know, he's 
pretty damn good, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's let's wrap this up, man. Fan appreciation night and Polish heritage night this weekend. Of course, uh, I know there's going to be discounted prices at the gift shop this weekend, so make sure you go get your Cosmos gear and uh, support the team. Of course, I guess I'm understanding there's there's going to there's a sellout this weekend. Short Stadium is going to be a madhouse. I mean, really, how nice it would be to see 10,000, 12,000 people in Short Stadium again. We haven't had that since opening day last year when Pele was in the building, and that that was a tremendous day. I'd love to see everybody do it again. Oh, God. When Short Stadium is a packed house, it is so much fun, man. (laughs) Obviously, the five points would be rocking it out, and it just makes the environment there so much fun, man. Certainly looking forward to this weekend. And, uh, yeah, Frank, do you have a favorite moment about uh, Short Stadium of your own so far or what, man? No, yeah, I think the final last year, that was great. You know, um, good crowd. I think the crowd's good there, even when not that many people show up. I think it's a real good crowd. But, you know, the place had, you know, big crowd that day, and there was a lot at stake, and uh, I thought a lot of, you know, real real, uh, drama going on there and, you know, some really good play to win that game. You got got a chance to see Raul, Marcos Santa play their last game. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that that goes down in books, you know, and – and they yeah. won it. Uh, couldn't have been. It was, it was dramatic. You know, they had to, uh, you know, they really had to earn that win, and, and they did it. So, yeah, by far. I mean, I think it's, you know, the atmosphere there is good. So, even, like I say, even with a small crowd, it's, it's a decent atmosphere. So, if you, you know, see people packing it, uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun, man. I, th- I think for me it's, it's going to have to be that NYC U.S. Open Cup game two years ago. You know, the first the first real big game at Stewart Stadium in an open cup, and oh my God, the environment and the shootout and the win and the way it went down, and oh man, that U.S. Open Cup match was just <laughs> man, yeah, like I, I man, it still gets me, man. That was a great day. I mean, that was one of the best days like ever for me at least. And the championship game, obviously, man, that was awesome too, Franco for sure. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm still so disappointed that we're not going to be here next year. I, I, it, it so far it looks like they, they won't be. I, I just, it's tough, Franco. This place has so many memories for so many people, and I get the change needs to happen, and, and, I, and, and it needs to happen. We know that the guys need to be out of there too. They should have their own barn by now, and they don't. That's the toughest part of this, too. Uh, you know, no barn for the Cosmos, Franco. What, what, what is this finally going to happen? This has to happen, Frank. Uh, I'm so tired of all of us waiting and waiting. The Cosmos Stadium has got to happen here in the next year. At, at least the, the finalization of where and when and how has got to come at some point, Frank. I, I, we're, we're all dying for this. Yeah, I think uh, the, the memories, like you said, I, I heard well, from what I was told, I wasn't at that game with NYCFC, the most tense atmosphere, maybe the most rewarding, you know, victory in a lot of ways. And uh, that goes down in the books, too. So uh, if you want to have those experiences, I, I think that the Cosmos will have those no matter where they go, but uh, yeah. they should have a, a home that's uh, worthy of what they're doing. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know how you predict these things, but, um, you know, I'm in Boston, so I see the same thing happening here. Very hard to get a stadium going in, in Boston, New York. I think Miami is another place. It's really hard to do. It's like one of the hardest hardest things to do. You can build, like, I don't know, uh, you know, major uh, skyscrapers or, you know, put people on the moon, you know, or whatever, but uh, to build a stadium in New York, very difficult. <laughs> no doubt, man. It is so, it, they're making it much more complicated than it needs to be. We're just trying to grow the damn sport in this country, please. That's all we're really asking to do here. You know, it's just help with the growth of soccer in the United States. That would be great. That's all we're really asking for. All right, Franco, we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, of course, a big match this weekend with Miami and the Cosmos at home. Get out there, people. Show up at Stewart Stadium this weekend. Support this team, of course, headed to the November 5th playoff game. Hope everyone's out there for that, too. That's going to be a big one. Everyone's going to need to support. Get out there and support those Camos, those Cosmos. Vamos, Cosmos, of course. And, uh, yeah, we're out here. Everybody, have a good weekend. We'll catch you next time here on Into the Cosmos. Frank, have a good weekend. We'll see everybody soon. Thank you.